of Breaking Mayberry, talking about old television while the world burns. <laughs> That's an old intro, but it's more appropriate now than ever. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. I'm that other host, Dan Ludwig. So, Marty, I feel like our immediate instinct is going to be to talk about the quarantine. Right. But let me offer an alternative. Yes. Um, I have, like, a squeezy stress ball toy that's a hedgehog. Uh-huh. Like, just a cute little hedgehog. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm noticing, as we recorded previously, um, the the hedgehog has an asshole. <laughs> um, like, it has, like, a small dimple where a hedgehog's asshole would be. Like, and normally, listen, normally I would just be like, oh, maybe that's just, like, where they needed to put in, like, the stuff that makes it, like, squeezy. Sure. Like, that, the weird material. Okay. But upon further examination... The hedgehog also has a small penis. Um, it has like a small extruding nub right around where a hedgehog's dick would be. Um, and Marty, either one of those, I'd say, well, that might be a coincidence. That might just be a manufacturing de- defect. Mm-hmm. But both of those together? Sure, sure. I'm led to believe that my hedgehog, uh, my squeezy hedgehog, has been manufactured with, with both a dick and an asshole. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so- thoughts. You have you have an anatomically correct squeezy hedgehog. Um, yes. Do you think this might be some kind of fetish gear? Like maybe like would I get advertisements <laughs> for this hedgehog on Wish? Like yeah. I'll just be just be scrolling down through Facebook. Like do 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 do. Here's some posts. Do 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 do. My friend's kids. Do 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 do. And then it's just like Wish ad is just like hedgehog with an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like when this was being purchased for me they were just saw like cute plushy hedgehog in the headline they're like click by and if you scroll down it'll be like it has a dick and balls and is meant to be crammed into your asshole like, like richard gear style like. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like uh anal beads hedgehog anatomically correct it won't impact the sensation at all but it's just there so you know it's there so you know uh, yeah, just I mean, we were recording our last podcast, and I was just like like squeezing it, and then I just looked down. And I was like, "That's an asshole." Yeah. Oh, that's it. like if you and and if you like heard me trail off at like the half hour mark, that was because I noticed <laughs> that there was a dick and was trying to solve this puzzle in my head the entire time. There was one time I was at like like an antique shop or like a knickknack shop in Austin, Texas and sitting on a shelf for these two little like ceramic turtles, you know, mm-hmm. and I picked them up and I'm like, Oh, these are kind of cute little ceramic turtles can go on your grandma's table or whatever. And I, I like examined them. I flipped them over and I looked on the bottom of them and each of them had just like painted on there and like cast in ceramic. So you could feel the bump just engorged red, angry penises. <laughs> Just sticking out of the bottom of these ceramic turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What's that place in um in South Philly? It's like uh everything's made out of like mosaics and glass and stuff. Oh, the uh mm-hmm. the Magic Gardens. Philadelphia's Magic Gardens. Which yeah, so a must see. Have you been in there? Oh, of course. It's a must must go if to any time you have family in town or whatever. Yeah, so the fun thing about that place is that there on the are... outside, it looks like it's going to be super a bar- okay, a barrage of vaginas and dicks. Yeah. Like every size and shape of a vagina or a cock you can possibly imagine. Like mermaid vaginas, cow vaginas, pig vaginas, a vagina coming out of a vagina, a vagina that's a that's a, actually a flower, a flower that's actually a vagina. It's let's, incredible. Let's give, let's give our non-Philadelphia listeners some context, which is a phrase I feel like I say often. Yeah. There is a artistic tourist attraction on South Street in Philadelphia uh, called the Magic Gardens. And what it is, it's basically an art installation. Uh, in the 60s and 70s, he's still alive. There was this like artist-in-residence of Philadelphia. His name was Isaiah Zagar. And he did... Like, really neat mosaics. Um, You'll see them, like, taking up walls in public areas with a lot of, like, uh, 
ceramics and a lot of mirrors and shiny things and uh, made all sorts of cool things. And the Magic Gardens is basically his home base, which is like an almost entire city block where there's like mazes and caves and stuff made out of art made out of junk and like stained glass made out of like Coke bottles and stuff all over the place. And you kind of wander through and it's very cool. Um, and it's definitely a thing you should check out. Uh, but also, uh, there's just dicks everywhere. Like, Isaiah Zagar himself, like, does his own little self-portrait, which is, like, him with a bunch of arms for all the art he does and a huge cock. <laughs> and, and yes, yeah, so there's just, like, him and, like, drawings of his dick and his wife's vagina just, just scattered throughout, like, a fucking Where's Waldo, uh, game. Like, it, it, it's not, it's not like it's, like, a museum of sex. It's not like they're, like, Come to the Magic Gardens and see all the dicks. It's just like, you're like, oh, this is really neat. And then it's like, there's some dongs. There's, there. Is that, is that a conch shell or nope, that's a vagina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Magic Gardens, Philadelphia, come check it out. We'll give you a tour. It's, yeah, no. The Breaking Mayberry Dick Tour. Yeah. Well, like, but like, you can do you can do one tour where they'll talk to you about like artistic merit and found art, and they'll just kind of like casually interweave the genitals. And you can do it with us, where we'll just be like, "All right, so we're gonna move real fast. We, we, we're gonna get to every cock and vagina in this place, and we're going to point to them, and we're going to loudly label them." You you know how in Hollywood people are selling maps to stars' homes. It's like that, but with crude drawings of genitals. Exactly. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I if, mean, if, I'll we, sell you that outside of the Magic Village. <laughs> I feel I feel like we should uh, expand this offering, you know, to outside of that city block. We'll just like sell Who guys wants a crude to every drawing, drawing of genitals of, from the me? city, just everywhere in the city. <laughs> New Patreon tier. I'll draw a bunch of genitals on a piece of paper and mail them to you. Uh, no, no, don't. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. Dan, do not sexually <laughs> harass our Patreon subscribers. This would be that's, voluntary. That's for the Breaking Mayberry OnlyFans account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, this quarantine is a great time for me to trans uh, transfer into a much more lucrative career of drawing pornography. Uh, we have we have met people who do that. We have contacts a, in the industry. It is a much better career path than anything either one of us are doing, and we should one hundred percent switch to it. Great dude, I was talking to him today. He was talking about how his econ- his job is recession proof. God, <laughs> fucking genius. God, Dan, Dan, I'm glad that you did that. I'm glad that you took us on that journey because it was still somehow better than talking about self-isolation and quarantines. Uh, yeah. So we All are, right. we are in a podcast about the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. In case you fucking didn't know by any of the we just said. And today uh, we are going to talk about an Andy Griffith Show episode. So today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 8, The Mayberry Band, which originally airs November 19th, 1962. For a little bit of historical context to tell you where we at are, are at in America right now, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis is just ending. President Kennedy just ended the quarantine and the Soviets are pulling their missiles out of Cuba right now. Just to let you know where we are. It has nothing to do with Did the episode. Did we quarantine? Uh, so, and this episode was written by Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum, uh, who write some real boring shit uh, that we've seen before. Uh, yeah. And directed by, he plays Animal Crossing for Tom Nook, Bob Sweeney. His uh, grandkids got him a pair of straight razors because he's always been talking about wanting to shave with a straight razor, even though he usually has a beard. So he uses the first time, cuts up his face. But all in all, it goes pretty good. A uh, month and a half later, he tries to shave his testicles with the straight razor. Goes horribly wrong. Cuts off about a quarter of his right testicle. Has to go to the hospital. They manage to mend it. The, ho- the testicle stays in place, but... It loses all functionality. So he is, for all intents and purposes, down to one testicle. And you'd think this would be an embarrassing point that he'd keep to himself, but he brings it up at parties constantly, Bob Sweeney. Jesus Christ, Dan. We have done nothing but talk about dicks and balls. The entire intro to this show. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. The, you couldn't have saved that. <laughs> you couldn't have saved that for another week. I mean, it no. was great. I loved it. But what the fuck, man? I'm going to be very honest with you. That was 100% off the dome. <laughs> I just was like, let's just do one. I think straight razors. <laughs> and then just some sort of fundamental force spoke through me. And yet you won't let me sign us up for an improv class. Yes, no. <laughs> because if I did that at an improv class, they'd be like, all right, let's break that down. And then I have to do a bunch of breathing exercises, and absolutely not. Okay, so here's your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy is determined to get the Mayberry Band into the state band competition, no matter how bad they sound. But the mayor is reluctant to finance their trip. So, yeah, that's basically the episode in a nutshell. Let yeah, Andy- that's, <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. It starts off at Floyd's Barbershop. Um, they're just kind of hanging out doing vaguely musical stuff. Like, they're not really, like, playing music. They're just kind of hitting chairs in the vague sense of music and being like, Hey, ha, great job, guys. We're all having a good time. Uh, Which, it kind of feels like the, the script called for them to be playing music, but they were like, fuck it. Just hit some chairs. Uh, an old man named walks in named Jubal. And he enters, and he's like, oh, do I have time for a haircut? Uh, and they do a dumb joke about his hat. He's like, my hat's getting too tight. Floyd's like, oh, I can't give you a haircut. I've got to cut all the boys ban- in the band's hair before they go off to that competition. So here's the thing, right? Jubal. Yeah. Jubal. We've run into one other. T- I think it's the same guy, because I refuse to believe that there's more than one fucking dude in Mayberry named Jubal. <laughs> Jubal was the Steve of the South at this time. Like, every fifth guy was named Jubal. So the last time we saw a Jubal... He was framing Andy's child for arson. Yeah. How is he allowed to walk into a room where Andy is? Like, how is Andy's response not to, get the fuck out? Get out. I told you if I'd see you again, I would shoot you in the fucking face. Get out of here, old man. You tried tried to charge me for a barn and have me arrest my own son. Okay, so I will say this. The, The previous Jubal, somewhat together, fairly spry... Had a, had a lot of his faculties. This Jubal is uh, almost dead. Like, he is not there. So what what we could say is he that... He really Joe Jub- Biden's in here, too. Oh, God. He's like... Okay, so the joke is he comes in and he's like, Oh, I need to get a haircut. My hat's getting tight. Oh, I can't give you a haircut. Hey, Jubal, why don't you just not wear your hat for a couple of days? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, so that should give you kind of an idea of Jubal's mental faculties. Yeah. So what I would submit is that Jubal, after he was arrested for moonshining, went to jail. And <laughs> it went poorly. <laughs> and so now Jubal is walking around, uh, with the life force sucked out of him by the North Carolina penal system. And Andy is just like, it, he's not worth it. I had my revenge. So does does that answer your question, Martin? Sure, I suppose it does. Look, that's the that's the first of many questions I have about this episode, so we might as well just keep going. Listen, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think this episode fucking rules. <laughs> How? This episode, this episode has, is so dumb. <laughs> this episode has everything I want. It has an extremely stupid con. It has some great physical acting. It really uh, does. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It has a con that makes no, no sense, sense except whatsoever. in the fever dreams of an idiot, <laughs> and I'm here for it. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, the f- the FIFO meter is going to be a zero, because there's like zero stakes for this. Yeah. Oh, no, there's some Fife. There's a there's a nice little ba- bit of FIFO meter in here. Uh, So Barney comes in, and he's like, hey, Andy, you got to see something. You got to check this out. And Andy's like, well, okay. But I gotta be at this town council meeting in like five minutes, and you know, ten minutes or whatever. Because now he cares about showing up for meetings on time. I don't know, whatever. So outside, it feels like there is a begrudging respect developing between him and the new mayor. So outside is uh, Freddy Fleet. Fleet, yeah. Okay, so we should probably a lot of our listeners have not listened from the beginning, which is understandable. There's like ninety fucking episodes of this bullshit. Um. The second episode of The Andy Griffith Show introduced Bobby Fleet, who ruled. Ruled. 
We he, he love was this, Bobby Fleet. Yeah, he was this musician who rolled into town. He roasted the entire town. He was kind of just like a fat, funny guy who constantly talked shit. Um, and he had like a run-in with a bunch of antics. He came back later, and he was still a fat musician, but he was no longer funny, and he was a different actor. Yeah, his and personality we like, had changed entirely. Yeah, he was serious now, and he had a different actor, and we were kind of like, well, why did you change the whole dude's deal? You can just change the actor, but keep him the same. Whatever. Um, he was still Bobby Fleet, and at the time we were kind of like pissed about it. Enter Freddie Fleet, who by all accounts is supposed to be the same man. Driving the same car. Like, they even made it a good point that, like, on the Mayberry Wiki that he's driving the same car. Yeah, so and he said, he, Bobby's he says, like, I don't know. Okay. All right. He says specifically, like, every time I come into town, you rope me into one of your pot bellied schemes. So, that indicates, like, he has been roped into Andy's schemes before. So, like, that indicates he's the same motherfucker from the previous episodes, but now he's skinny and completely and friendly and a super happy motherfucker. Alright, so I've got the Mayberry Wiki in front of me, uh, and Everett Greenbaum, one of the writers, uh, explains this. Uh, it also gives a middle finger to you and I and our entire deal. Uh, here's the trivia. Uh, Everett Greenbaum also explains that the mistake of using the name Freddy Fleet instead of Bobby Fleet was, in fact, an honest mistake. He explained that back in the day, they were just trying to make a living and had no idea that people would still be watching and analyzing the show years later. Oh, Otherwise, they you. would have referred to old scripts once in a while for continuity issues. And then in parentheses, fuck you, Marty and Dan. Kiss my ass, you nerdy motherfuckers. Like, he basically, he basically makes us into the magic xylophone guy from that episode of The Simpsons. And deservedly so. Like, okay, but I'm gonna lean into it. What the fuck? Then why is he driving the same, the exact same goddamn car and referencing past storylines? Fair like, point. It could have just been one thing for him to be like, hey, I'm Freddie Fleet. I'm a new guy. Like, I have my own deal. Nice to meet you, boys. And it would have been exactly the same. But he's like, hey, I'm Freddie Fleet. We have past history that kind of matches up with the other band leader named Fleet. So, fuck you. Your explanation doesn't make any sense. And you're the nerds. Yeah, okay? he's, he's... You. <laughs> you are the nerds. Not us. You. How about that, old man? <laughs> Who is almost definitely dead. You want to talk shit through time? I can talk shit through time, too. I'll find your fucking kids, and I'll yell at them about the plot of this episode. Probably your grandkids, because your kids are probably dead because you're old as shit. I'm furious now. <laughs> I'm mad as hell. I don't know if you can see this. I'm doing the remainder of this episode standing. I'm pacing around wildly. It's freaking everybody out. We're going to be asked to leave the studio in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are, so let's do an actual version of this where that makes sense. So Bobby Fleet has changed physical appearances and personalities, but he is remembered by the town of Mayberry the same, yeah? Sure. I'll go on this journey with you, Dan. Why not? He's fucking better. Which leads me to the conclusion that Bobby Fleet is some sort of you know, transcendent being, right? He's like a shapeshifter Oops, or some shit. Like like Loki-esque trickster god? Because I can get behind yeah, that. Exactly. Bobby Fleet comes to the town in times of, I guess... Need? Boredom. <laughs> Not really need. Yeah, he never have... fixes anything. He just makes everything slightly different than it was. <laughs> so I think when shit is slightly too bored boring, Bobby, the entity known as Fleet, shows up. Hey, wait, wait, are, are you saying, if, if you can get him to say his name backwards, Tleef Yeabob, <laughs> you'll send him back to the fleet dimension which he came from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'll send him back to the hipster dimension where he belongs. That's why he has to keep changing his name, it's to trick yeah. Andy. Because Andy will convince him to say it backwards somehow. <laughs> He's testing Andy. Fuck yeah, and then, just dropped a Mr. McPixelic reference in this podcast. All right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That's how you fucking do an explanation for that green bomb, you piece of shit. Get on my fucking level. 
All right, cool. He's a, he's a trans-dimensional trickster entity that moves through space and time, raising hell across different dimensions. I don't see how that's fucking hard, okay? It definitely makes way more sense than the writers forgot a dude's name. All right, cool. <laughs> um, Crushed it. Nailed it. <laughs> What what happens next, Dan? They're outside. They inch, they meet the entity known as Fleet. He introduces Phil, his new trumpeteer, who has a very prominent goatee. It's like a Van Dyke too. It's a very like bebop kind of deal. He uh, looks like he's about to be revealed to be the devil in that one episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah, I mean he he definitely looks like like the typical devil, but I know I like this guy. I like Phil a lot. Oh my god, I fucking love Phil. You kidding me? <laughs> His next line is, "Hey, we're about to make a food scene. You want to fall in with us?" I die for Phil. <laughs> Phil is the like epitome of kids these days. He is the result of the oldest, squarest, whitest dudes on the CBS lot, writing what they think a bebop and hipster is going to be like. These It's almost like millennials, but like with a little bit of love to it. Like, oh, Phil it's rules. When, yeah, Phil fucking rules. I don't know if they were trying to make fun of Phil, but Phil kicks ass. It's like uh, uh, it's like in wrestling when they, they made Daniel Bryan like the anti-capitalist millennial, like, hippie. WWE wrestler and he was supposed to be the bad guy but everyone fucking loved him and his stupid hemp title belt. That's right. We've gone into WrestleSplania territory. Come at us, Rachel and Kath. Are you are you ready to to also go into WrestleSplania territory? You ready for me to get real horny for Phil? Cuz it's gonna happen. I'd wreck that guy. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> You're not the only one who's horny for Phil. <laughs> Phil and Andy have some real gay moments later. So God, they really do. Like yeah, like, Phil has a line later that I was like, oh, <laughs> holy shit. Someone fan me. Jesus Christ. Uh, So they make a joke about, like, cool secret handshakes. You know, uh, Barney kind of does that awkward thing where, like, one guy reaches out for a handshake and the other guy goes for a fist bump. And, you know, you know, kids, uh, see, when people used to greet each other, they would touch each other's hands and shake them up and down in a weird, yeah. in a fashion. Um, just need to understand, that was a part of a bygone era before yeah. the touching laws were enacted. <laughs> yeah. In, in the old times. Uh, in the pre-germ era. Uh, and honestly, fucking the cool handshake that Phil does... Much better. Yeah. Fucking awesome. It's, it's Loved great. it. It's great. Handshakes are stupid. I'm, I'm... Can't really describe it in an audio medium, but just know, home listener, it's good. It's, it's a good. good handshake. It's a good handshake. It's, uh, it's like the club handshakes you do, but better and not awkward. Uh, okay. we're, spending, so, we're spending the right amount of time on the handshake, I think. Really, just... just God, u- I want Phil. Using our time effectively. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Keep it in your pants. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right. So back at, back the, at the jail. Back at the jail. Back at the jail. Andy is waiting for Barney. He's complaining because he's got to make that meeting. And Barney's like, "Nope, just stay back there. Just stay with your back facing me." And Barney sneaks up on him with a giant pair of symbols and just smashes them behind him, which he's gonna do to several people throughout this episode. And it's gonna be funny every single time. It's a great <laughs> reoccurring bit because every character's reaction is uniquely hilarious. I don't, I honestly don't know how they, how this wasn't 100% genuine because he hit those symbols together yeah. very hard. Yeah. Like you can't fake that. He did it right behind Andy. It's not like they're rubber symbols or anything. No, he just... No. Those are symbols. I almost feel like they that moment was 100% real. Because <laughs> Andy's reaction is fucking funny. Where he, like, grabs his entire head and almost falls out of his chair. Uh, I mean, right, gr- so- great, great acting on Andy Griffith's part. Because you know, like, he, you know that he had to know that it was coming. Although maybe like maybe Bob Sweeney pulled like a little bit of a uh, like George Lucas thing and just gave him different script notes, that would be really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he smashes the symbols and he says, "Well, can I be in the band now? I got these symbols." He said that he sprung for super expensive ones. Uh, he said he paid eighteen dollars. Already did the math. It's about spent about like a hundred and sixty bucks on these symbols. 
that he uh, got from Symbol City in Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. Which, okay, so he drove all the way to Chicago to buy symbols? Or did he get them, like, did he get the Symbol City catalog de- delivered to his... Oh, I guess he ordered his, uh, them he could have from ordered Chicago. Them. That makes yeah. more sense than the thing I yeah. thought. But here's what I'm worried and wonder about is just, like, does Symbol City only sell cymbals do they at least sell other drums i feel like that's a really poor business model to only sell the least popular part of a band just i feel like the implication is that he bought them from like like craftsman level symbol sellers you know oh, i see these are artisanal symbols exactly these are like symbols for someone that's been in an orchestra for like 30 years yeah these are not beginner symbols and anyway yeah. uh Barney's Sorry like, to can just I step on your bit? <laughs> Barney says, "Can I get a?" That was it. That was it. <laughs> Barney says, "Can I get an audition?" Uh, Andy's like, "All right, you can be the standby symbolist. You can be second chair symbols." And Barney's like, "Well, there's no first chair symbols." And Andy's like, "Shut the fuck up." Um, <laughs> just shut up, <laughs> shut up, you idiot. Barney's like, cool. Which I think Barney just wants to go on the vacation with them. Yeah, he, he um, just wants. To oh, go we on should the trip. establish the basic idea of what the fuck is happening right have we explained that there's a band trip yeah there, there there's a band trip that everyone's getting ready for they're gonna go to the state band competition uh and yeah. that's gonna come into play right now at the mayor's office god we we really got i got horny for phil and we got really off track yeah so the reason they were all getting haircuts and everyone was playing music in the band is there is a state band competition that they go to every year there, this is the Mayberry Band. They play parades and like picnics and stuff. And every year they go to like represent the town at this band, at this uh, at this contest. So Andy is in the mayor's office uh, at a town council meeting, full of a bunch of dudes that we've never seen before, or maybe some dudes we have seen before. I feel like Orville is in is in this. I don't know. There's some pretty. It's good not bits. Orville because he doesn't look like something that was on. Like he 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 does not look like something in a creepy Adult Swim short. Okay, so um, so he, there's like a whole thing about like how there should be Japanese lanterns for the festival, but they can't get Japanese lanterns, so they got to use balloons. There's this guy named Ralph who is like really really into the idea of being in a meeting. Like we like he this is his first time there or something. He's like here here. And they're like, what the fuck did you, he goes, what the fuck do you mean here, here? He's like, I don't know, in a meeting like this, you're supposed to hear, here when you like stuff. It's, it's an okay bit, whatever. There's this guy yeah. who's just, like, super excited about the idea of a meeting. And that's, like, he only has, like, four lines. You can tell this actor guy is just like, this is going to be my bit. I'm going to sell the shit out of these yeah. lines. Anyway, that's it. The meeting is almost about to adjourn, but then Andy says, hey, mayor, can you sign the city treasurer's voucher? To take money out so that the band can go to the capital. So this is important. So yeah. he's asking for, like, th- this is my case for why this gets some fucking Barney meter points. Because he asks for a voucher from the from the treasury. Town for, funds. For funds, for, yeah, town funds allocated for a specific thing. So that's, like, part, that's important. Um, and the mayor says that he doesn't want to sign it. Because the Mayberry band sucks. Yeah, they're so they bad. Are, they are a disgrace to the town of Mayberry, and he hates that every year they go out to this competition, and they represent the town, and they suck shit. And Andy says, well, yeah, they suck shit. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> even fucking... defend them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, yeah, we're terrible. We're absolute ass. But also, the boys been making plans. They've gotten haircuts. And they've, they're all really excited, and you can't take this away from them. I, I want to be clear not here. Not a good case. I want to be clear here that this is not like high schoolers. It's not like a high school band that needs to raise money, and like the kids have been so good. You know, no. These are grown men. All of them. Adult-ass men. And, yeah. And uh, the mayor, who um, Patreon Cheesy Bra described as the Walter Peck of Mayberry, which is a good way to put him, the mayor is just like, no, I'm not going to spend town money on this shit. And me, I'm thinking, yeah, good point, mayor, whatever. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. This episode, 100% pro-mayor. Like, will not waver on that. Honestly, pretty pro-new mayor so far. He's been, like, I think, he, I, I put him at, like, 80% right about shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's fucking like 100% dead on. Don't send, don't spend town money to send a band that sucks shit and has no interest in not sucking shit to the, a vacation at the town capital. Yeah, I mean. And, and, and Andy says it's like to repay them for playing like picnics and uh, and festivals and stuff like that. But it sounds like probably no one enjoys it. Yeah, like if these guys are so bad, you don't need to have them at your picnics and festivals. Like, yeah, what's the point of this? Yeah, this is stupid. You're just making everyone miserable to justify you going on a fun vacation. Uh, Not even, a, like, to Raleigh. Yeah, the, which is a place <laughs> that you've all been before. Like, Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, so the mayor makes an extremely good point. Andy demands one last performance to change his mind. Basically, like, come see us play. We're going to practice real fast, probably for the first time ever. And we're gonna blow you away. Uh, just please come, come hear us for half a song. And the mayor's like, "All right, I'll do it." But I'm going to, I'm going to eat after I see you guys perform. All um, right, good joke. Solid, wah, 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 solid, wah. solid rip from the mayor. So now we're at the concert hall. Uh, Barney is clashing cymbals together to make people be quiet. Um, I, I, I feel like. We don't have talking about this isn't going to explain how bad they sound. I'm gonna try to pull up a clip and play the music behind, but you can imagine what happens. The mayor shows up. They start trying to play like Stars and Stripes Forever, and they well, just before before the mayor shows up, Andy starts teaching them like basic music. Like he's like, "Hey, guy, who's playing? Uh, who's who's playing the oboe? Um, really like clamp down on the reed." with your lips like really close your lips before you blow on it and it's like that is day one oboe shit oh yeah yeah like, he, he tells one guy to like tuck his chin down uh and what he says is called andy gumping it really gump it that's a reference to a newspaper comic that actually went out of syndication Years before the Andy Griffith show aired, so it's a it's an already an outdated reference. Uh, but Andy Gump was a character. I don't know too much about him, but his whole like design was that he was like a chinless blowhard, essentially. Like we make fun of Barney Fife for not having a chin. Barney or Barney Gump's, sorry, Andy Gump's whole thing was that he like he's like he had like a nose and a mouth, and like then it went straight down to his neck. It became so well known that, like, there actually is a physical deformity uh, that people sometimes have that basically looks like their chin has collapsed. Uh, and it is known colloquially as Andy Gump dis- deformity. Uh, I oh, don't, my God. I Searching for this on Google Images is recommend, brutal. I was about to say I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> um, I didn't even search the deformity. I just searched Andy Gump. And, and it, like, um, it pops up. It comes up as, like, the second, like, suggestion. Oh, this is harrowing. Why do I keep scrolling down? Yeah, don't look at it, man. Don't look at it. It's a delightful cartoon character. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it turns out, like, putting human cartoon character, or putting cartoon character proportions to a human being makes them, like, disfigured. So. <laughs> oh, God. Move on to the next topic so yeah. I can stop looking at this. So the mayor comes in. Uh, Jesus. And they suck ass. As expected, the mayor's does some great facial expressions on this, and then he's oh, just like he crushes it. This actor kills his the way his eyes go wide and the look of sheer despair in his face when they start playing is priceless. I could get that as a fucking poster. <laughs> um, but so the way that they suck, I think I would describe it as like they start playing one song and they sound pretty good. And then half of them start playing a completely different song. And then half of that half start playing an even different song. To the point that they're playing, like, simultaneously something super patriotic, some big band shit, and, like, some smooth jazz. And also, like, a, like a dirge? In yeah. There? Like, so... Yeah, uh, I, I think that's their move to make them, like, suck, is to just have each person play a different song. Uh, so the mayor, of course, is like, well, you at least sound better than last year, but you still suck shit, and I'm not paying money to send you guys places. And then he walks yeah. off. Yeah. 
I'm going to skip the next scene because the scene is just like people arguing around the barbershop until Andy has an idea. He looks outside and he runs out and he says, hey, Freddy, Freddy, can you give me a hand here? Uh, And this is the dumb con. He's like, will you, will some of your players join my band? Yeah, join my band. Just play in my band for just like half an hour, just long enough for the mayor to see us and then decide to send us to, to the concert or whatever freddy is like i'd love to i'd I, nothing would make me happier to help you out with this con i'm i'm freddy you know me freddy a character you've known for a really long time i love a con i have to get to raleigh i have an urgent appointment i gotta go and andy you know like a good friend threatens him with a routine bag check where he would go through all of their possessions right there on the street and you know that phil's got weed <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, no, I mean, weed at the least. Freddy, just from his whole general vibe, has some coke on him. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it so was, it they, was they, the 60s. They threatened to do an illegal search, basically, because uh, you probably don't need a warrant at this point. Yeah. Uh, that, those laws haven't been put in effect. So, Andy, once again, is just like, well, I'm going to have to bend the law for my own purposes. Freddy is a pretty good sport about it, where he's like, oh, you, every time I come to this town, you you make me do something illegal. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you, you violate my rights every time I come here, and uh, I, I can't stay mad at you. This will be fun. Maybe this will be fun. This will be a good time. All right. Andy makes the case to the mayor that they'll be better when they're marching. And if you can see him, he says that they're a moving band, so they sucked when they were sitting down. And so back outside, Freddy's begging Andy, all right, hurry up. And Andy's having arguing arguments with people, like who he's going to put in what outfit. Floyd doesn't want to give up his spot. And so Andy's like, fine, you can march, but don't play. And then we get get a bit with Phil, with Phil the trumpet guy. Um, Oh, man. So Andy, yeah. Andy uh, says to Phil, Dan, do you, do you want to just describe it? Do you want to do this? Can you? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Andy says, uh, Hey, 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 Phil, how are you going to know what to play with no music? And Phil just says, I'll just read your lips, daddy. Uh, and then I melted. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Daddy, I'll just read your lips is exactly. Yeah. And I just, holy shit. The tension. And like I feel like feel like Andy knew it too because he just like kind of chuckles and, and blushes. <laughs> All right, hey, well, that uh, Marty, do you do you have my show notes open right now? Yes, yeah, your your exact you're, show you're notes wanna... say the words. Um, the trumpet guy is sexy as fuck, and then the next bullet point under that is they start playing. The trumpet guy is sexy again. Yeah, go ahead and uh, just close this window because it kind of turned into fan fiction after this. Oh man, um, it just it. It goes for a bit, man. Yeah, it gets pretty graphic, actually. <laughs> I think this um this got away from me. Um, I might just kind of delete this file off of your computer. But but yeah, so so there is that bit. Like he says, "I'll read your lips, Daddy," and Andy kind of blushes, which I think furthers my theory that there is at least one super closeted gay dude in every writer's room who is just trying to take hits where he can get them. You know, yeah, who's who's just like, no, listen, the kids will love this. The kids will love it. And then Yeah. Uh, uh the mayor shows up, right? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Right, sorry. They, they start playing and uh uh Phil goes the fuck off and uh and just like does this whole fucking uh like like just massive uh trumpet solo and Andy just comes on like, Hey, uh, you might want to tone it down and he just goes, I thought I was I thought uh, I was playing it kind of quaint. Yeah. There's fuck. so much sexual tension between these guys. <sighs> it rules. Um, oh, God. Uh, you okay, man? Should I leave you alone for a couple minutes? I feel minutes? like I might need to, like, take off my shirt or something. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do with this, my arms This right episode now. awakened something in Dan. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so the mayor shows up uh, and just kind of, like, you know, sits down on a bench. Barney, like, runs over to meet him and is just like, here they come. There's a great moment where Barney almost runs into a child and like like swats at him. Um Barney does smash the symbols behind the mayor who also jumps and like the the mayor hates Andy but the mayor really hates Barney and I love it. 
what if, like, right when that happened, like, Barney smashes the symbols together, the mayor just has a heart attack and dies? I, like, I feel like- just, like, starts clutching his chest and be like, ah, Jesus! And then just, like, collapses there on the street. I mean, I feel like, at, at the very least, like, the, that should happen and the mayor should be like, that's it, I'm done. Like, I'm not even listening <laughs> anymore. I can't hear how good your band is because my ears are constantly ringing and uh, bleeding a little bit. So, yeah. thanks, Barney. Good uh, good job. Uh, guy who technically works for me, wonderful. Your contract negotiation is coming up soon, right? Do deputies have contract negotiations? I don't know how jobs work. Um, the band starts, like, coming down the street. They've all done this, like, elaborate swap out where some of the uh, Bobby Fleet band is, like, embedded into the uh the band making them not suck shit um and they come up they're fucking great um there's a fun thing where like let's, all of let's not say they're fucking great like they are playing a song that like middle schoolers play right let's, oh the bar is low here okay yeah uh there's a really fun bit where all of bobby uh bobby fleet's bandmates have to try to hide their facial hair yeah yeah um and one of them is just like, fuck it, and just having his very shitty goatee. Is it a goatee if it's just on the chin? Except um, except for this one guy who's just like playing a snare drum and just doesn't give a fuck. It rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, they they go around the corner and they all start like like trading coats and the Bobby Fleet people start like jumping in a bus because they're fucking late for their gig in Raleigh. Meanwhile, they cut back to Andy, like, talking to the mayor, who's like, Andy's like, what did you think? It was pretty great, right? And mayor's like, holy shit, I'm blown away. They are so much better. This is incredible. I can't believe my ears. Um, did one of them have a fucking goatee? Are those different dudes? Uh, and Andy's like, what? No, that goatee you saw, um, Phil had a blueberry pie for lunch. And you can't you can't say Phil because Phil's one of the names of the dude. But like, Steve had a blueberry pie for lunch. You could have picked. The guys. You could have picked any other name in the world. Listen, my dude, I but really you got have Phil on the brain, man. You are so Philipated, like right now. I've been carving his name into my desk the entire time I've been recording. Um, if I had a binder, his name would be sketched all over it. <laughs> so, so uh, the mayor agrees. To cut the check to send them to Raleigh, and then the bus, uh, the by bus we mean station wagon, uh, containing Freddie Fleet and his band members. They drive by, they honk, they wave, and Mayor's like, "Who is that?" And Andy's like, "Uh, had a lot of beards. Maybe they're like a traveling religion or whatever." Okay, so what the fuck traveling religion could that possibly be in the '60s that they're okay with talking I have about? No idea. I do not like, know. There's there's only a few. Like, religions I know that are, like, well-associated with having <laughs> beards, and they aren't well-associated with, like, travel... Oh, Jews. <laughs> I was going to... Oh, it's the Jews. I was going... I was going to say, like, oh, well, you know, I think that's that their Manson family. You know they like to get out to this part of town. No, it's it's it's, it's the Jews. It's always the Jews. think it's the Jews? It's the Jews. We're... <laughs> that actually makes an extreme amount of sense. <laughs> We're we're, oh. we're we're a people known for wandering and also having beards. It's 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 Jews. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I think that might be one of them. There Hebrews, Mayor. You know, again, uh, again, Happy Muhammad's birthday. This show has not shied away from this before. Yeah. But whatever. The stinger is like they're all loading onto the tiniest bus I've ever seen. Littlest bus. It's a little fucking clown car situation. <laughs> it's so funny because like the way it's shot, you only see like the f people loading into like the door and like the first two windows and like the engine as people are loading up. And the mayor's like, "Oh, I'm very proud of you. I'm happy you're all there." And then the bus drives away, and as it drives out of frame, you can see that it's like six seats deep at the most. It is the tiniest. Yeah. It looks. It's like they crammed into a fucking ice cream truck. It's great. It's so it's funny. Such a good, it's such a good visual <laughs> gag. All right. So the mayor, to really drive it home, the mayor does not a short speech, but a very long speech. And he's like, hey, you guys sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. You guys suck shit. And the fact that you became good this quickly 
is a huge testament to your strength of will and perseverance, and I am so proud to have you represent the town of Mayberry. And then they get on the bus, and they drive away, and they all start playing, and they suck shit. And the mayor's eyes die. Uh, And (laughs) that is the end of the episode. (laughs) Is it? Uh, uh, And then the stinger is, um, they get back from Raleigh, Andy uh, talks about how he never wants to hear another band instrument again, and Opie comes in with a trumpet. End of episode. I think brief discussion of the FIFO meter element of this. Um, so if you boil down what happens in this episode, Andy re- uh, requests funds from the city government. The city government denies them, and then to get those city funds. Andy threatens a traveling band, uh, falsifies something in front of the mayor, uh, and tells an elaborate lie to get those funds. So, I don't know if any of this was illegal, but it was so ethically dubious. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's dumb. It's Yeah, it's, it's also the kind of heist that they would come up with on Ocean's Eleven if there was a massive gas leak the entire time. Because <laughs> everyone just is... has lead poisoning. Like exactly, like everyone's faculties are compromised by like twenty percent. <laughs> Which I, I, you know, what I gotta say that might be like that might be one of my favorite Andy Griffith tropes. Is just like an elaborate scheme for no payoff for no yeah. reason. <laughs> It does help our our ongoing theory that we haven't mentioned in a while that Andy was definitely a con man before he became a sheriff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's, and we it's because we haven't gotten to do it in a while because season two sucks so much shit. Yeah, that Andy never did any cons. He's been dropping juicy cons left and right this season. Yeah, no, it, he gets to do cons again that have you know like very low stakes i mean i figure i I don't think mayberry's broke i don't know how much money this cost the town but it could not have cost that much money to send 20 dudes to raleigh you know they all went in the same bus so uh, i I don't know hotel accommodations for 20 dudes ain't nothing to sneeze at i mean sure but you know it's probably like a small small amount of the town's overall fun i'm just saying like these Elaborate cons for very low stakes are great because it really does like hint that like Andy did have a a secret life and he gets bored. He's so bored and his boredom, his way of dealing with boredom is to just have elaborate pranks and cons and stuff. Uh, Whereas Barney's uh, way of dealing with boredom is like fantasies and delusions of grandeur. So, I mean, I'm a sucker for any sort of uh, a plot that's a con that sounds really, really smart and cool until you think about it for five seconds. Oh, well, this is the right show for you then, my friend. Exactly. It's been a great season for that. I'm like, oh, that is really clever. Let me think about how clever that is. Wait, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's great. It's it's like that thing in Blazing Saddles where they're like walking around the town and they just start knocking stuff over and realizing it's all like fake buildings. It's it's what it's like to see a uh, a plot twist on the Andy Griffith show is like oh, that's so clever. Wait, no, it's not. I was I was thinking uh, of a different Mel Brooks reference of like capturing the stunt doubles, but yes, yours is oh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yours is better. And that's it. That's the episode. Yeah. I think we will like just make this a quick one. That was the Mayberry Band. It's not a bad episode of TV. If you were looking to watch something for half an hour, you could do a lot worse than this, I guess. I liked it. I had a great time. Uh just for like the mayor's facial expressions alone, that actor the I ho- I wish they kept the mayor allow- around longer than they did, because that actor kicks ass. He's so good, and, like, it's good to have a foil for Andy telling him, like, you can't do things that has actual authority. That changes up the dynamic pretty great. He's not a villain, necessarily. He is just, like, an obstacle. Yeah. Like, he is just... He is a powerful force that Andy has to deal with on a regular basis to provide a modicum of resistance, and it makes the show so much better. And he's going to be gone. I think he has like three episodes left. Yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks ass. It's it's so stupid. Um. Yeah. So I think 
to a- Andy meter? Uh, eight? No, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I I think it's pretty good. I'll put it like an 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 eight or a nine. I'm gonna say a nine. Okay, I I liked it significantly less than you did, so I'm gonna say it's a seven for me. But like, yeah, it's not bad at all. So, yeah, uh, I had a good time. I had a good fucking time watching it. And I, you know, I'm going to say, like, I don't give a shit about any of the stuff that we, like, there, there is a little bit of police abuse of power, but it's one of those ones that everyone seems to be okay with, I guess. So, Fife a Meter is a two for me. Like, this is so dumb that I can't care about any of it. Okay, yeah, I mean, like, if we, if this happened season one, it would have set both of our blood on fire. Yes. But it's years later, and we're so numb. So, five. It's a five. That's it for this episode. Uh, as always, you can get at us on the internet. Uh, if you want to follow our goings on, we'll be tweeting stuff about the shows. On Twitter, we are at Break Mayberry. That's B-R-E-A-K Mayberry. I don't know why I needed to spell that. Uh, on t- We are also on Facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Twitter, I already said. Uh, it's late. Uh, Instagram, Breaking Mayberry. <laughs> Uh, you know, all of the social things like subscribe, review, etc., etc. On Twitter, I am at Schneid Remarks. That is S C H N E I D Remarks. I'm at the Luds, two Ds. And the music you heard before was Max Ludwig, who is on Twitter at Sleep Talkie. Always remember, if you want to support us with your dollars and get access to bonus episodes and deleted scenes and all sorts of other goodies like that, you can help us out on Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry. And if you want to support us with not your dollars, you can always leave a review or a rating on the podcast catcher of your choice, preferably Apple Podcasts, but whatever will do. Uh, and that's how you can help us out. That's basically it. Dan... Are you currently putting a picture of Phil up in your locker right now? Where did you even get a locker? I think I had to, like, custom order one from Amazon, but yes. <laughs> from Locker Kingdom in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I kind of made the mistake of getting a modern-day Phil, like how he looks now, um, and it's significantly less attractive. Um, I really should not have pulled up the actor's actual Wikipedia. Um, so... He's definitely dead. <laughs> he's 100% dead, and in typical Mayberry faction, oh, let's see, yeah, it was a gruesome suicide. Wonderful. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Alright, that's two in a row that we're leaving on a great note. Good night, everybody. We'll see you all <laughs> see you at the fishing hole. <laughs> Later. Boom, boom, boom,